1: Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast where Welsh rugby matters. If you love Welsh rugby then this is the place for you. So the US adventure is over but what have we learnt? Was it a worthwhile exercise or a complete waste of time between two B teams? We will be getting to the bottom of that along with All of the big issues from within Welsh rugby over the next 45 minutes or so. Uh, Before we get underway, big thanks to our sponsors as always, So Coffee Trades. Uh, Many thanks to them for supporting the show throughout the season. And as I always say, if you haven't uh, managed to do so, or if you have, head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk to get your hands on some top quality coffee. Dan Killick is with me once again to pick the bones out of another intriguing, if not entirely, uh, enthralling week in Welsh rugby. Dan, how are
0: you? I'm good, Chad, yeah. Loving the way you're, uh, <coughs> you're uh, reacting to, to what we saw yesterday.
1: Well, d- yeah. I, 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 I always, do you know what, it's always a funny one when we go to do these podcasts. When Wales have played, you know, like, it's almost, in a way, this, this kind of makes it easier because there's so much to talk about, even if the game itself wasn't that entertaining.
0: It was it was not an easy watch, was it? Um, I did actually nod off as well.
1: Is that uh, right? It was late for you as well, was not it? Ten o'clock on a Saturday night.
0: It was late, yeah, I nodded off. Missed missed about eight minutes and I had to watch it watch it back. Had and,
1: to uh, had to abandon your had to abandon your Horlicks on a Saturday night to try and keep you up, did you?
0: That's exactly it, yeah. Got it was poor. Very
1: poor. It was, and we're going to be getting to the bottom of that during uh, Fact or Fiction, our regular feature, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, But of course. We'd love to hear from you on this podcast as well. It is, after all, a fan-run a fan fo- fan podcast. That's easy for me to say, isn't it? A fan-run podcast, so make sure you get in touch with us, and you can do that on Twitter, at attacking Scrum. You can do it on Facebook uh, by liking our page, or indeed joining our group, which is just called Wales Rugby Fans. And uh, also, you can leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show. And uh, we always say we'll give you a shout-out, and we've got one to... Uh, to give a, a quick shout out to right now, so this is from uh, AD Ware on iTunes, cracking podcast. It's my favourite. Love your specials, and a shout out to Bayer RFC for winning the Ivor Williams Cup. So uh, yeah, thanks very much indeed for for doing that. And if you feel the same way, make sure you jump on iTunes. It does help us out indeed. Right, fact or fiction? Let's do this, Dan. Right, give us the number one to five. One. <laughs> Good. <laughs> There is no point chasing the US market with games like that, fact or fiction. <laughs>
0: fact. Um, on that, on that display anyway, it was just a really poor quality game, wasn't it? Started off with a huge number of errors, and they just continued. I was thinking, you know, surely it's gonna it's gonna liven up at some point, but it just didn't. I've never seen that many um, knock
1: ons as well. It was like a It was like a televised pinball rather than rather than rugby, it was just like back and forth, back and forth. I um, just think that is not going to be one to get the neutrals excited, is it?
0: Well, you could, you could see, couldn't you, when the camera flicked around into the crowd. I mean, people were, were sort of staring at the beer can they were drinking or looking up at the sky, uh, fiddling with their ears, picking their nose. It was, it, nobody was interested in the game. Um, and you can't blame them. It was, it was awful, awful game. But there are a few positives.
1: Well, there are, but I want to concentrate on the on the US market thing first of all because I think that's the that was the whole point of having the game in Washington you know we've seen success the Ireland have managed to uh to you know market these games very well obviously that helps when you're able to pull off a an historic victory like they did against the All Blacks in in Chicago but the difference is they are fully blown test matches and there was a debate over whether this really even deserved cap status it just to me that's the main thing with this is it wasn't just the quality of it it was kind of all the talk going into it. Um, I just think that it's done very little or will have done very little to really get the uh, to get the neutrals and to get the the wider wider global game interested in Welsh rugby.
0: It sounded as if there wasn't a huge amount of publicity over over there. Um, so I don't know how serious you know how serious they took it. I mean. We obviously um
1: But if they're not going to are, you, why are we there? You know, that's that's well, the
0: Well, we Pam we Notes, you know, we we, we benefited nicely from uh, you know, from the match fee. Um was it five hundred and fifty thousand somewhere circa, yep. somewhere around that figure. Um you know, it's, it's it's in the bank, isn't it? It's a bit of business. And um you know, some of the guys have had a have had a hit out, albeit in a in a poor quality game. I'd i, I there's nothing much more to it than that, really?
1: What does this mean then for Pro 14, for example? If there's been, you know, obviously they've made it clear that they plan to expand the league. We've had the South African sides added this year. We've then, when you look ahead, had more talk about uh, you know, three more franchises potentially joining the joining the league. And there's been a lot of chat in the past about uh, an expansion over into the into the US. Is that something that A you think the Pro 14 should be wary of, or B would you know? Would an American, uh, an American-based outfit, even be be interested in getting involved?
0: I think it could potentially work with the right with the right marketing. Um, they, you know, there's certainly enough people over there, isn't there? But they just there's so many sports they're interested in um, that it's 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 so easy for it to be forgotten. Um, if the money, you know, okay, sadly, isn't it? If the money's there, then you've got to have a little look at it, but. Um, I don't know whether there was a few people on the ground when they, they were saying that there was, there wasn't any advertising in any of the yeah. their major paper over there. Um, and you think, well, you know, if they haven't bothered with that, then how how interested how interested are they?
1: Yeah, you you're exactly right. And, I, and what was we,
0: your take on it? Coming from you know, obviously you got a better, you know, you, you you know more about that than I do.
1: Yeah, well, I think look, when it comes to marketing, whatever it is, you're only as good as you know, your marketing is only ever as good as the product that you've got there. And if you've got a pretty weak product, when you've put it in a, in a shop window like that, it doesn't reflect particularly well. Now, I'm not saying that Wales have a poor team, but I'm saying that as a spectacle, you know, with two almost scratched sides. Um, you know, and I, I do think it that still
0: should be. Should, there still should be an appeal of some sort, shouldn't there, with you seeing, you know, uh, emerging players then on both on both sides, you would have thought that there yeah that's that
1: has an appeal for you and life. I though really that has an appeal for the the core you know the core rugby support um rather than yeah it, it has an appeal for for the likes of you and me rather than an appeal yeah. for someone who may have heard of you know may have heard of some of the some of the bigger names you know they may have heard of a of a Sam Warburton or something like that you know do you
0: think if we if we went all if we went all out then star studded um, and they did as well. It would be, it would have made a big difference.
1: Yeah, look, I think if that was uh, an auto international with up against a good, a good quality outfit, and it was our first team, then I think you'd have learnt a lot more. But my point is, there's no point taking the game over to the over to the states with just a you know in what is in essence a development side. Mm. What I do think though is that the game definitely has. Uh, has merit in terms of learning, uh, learning about players, developing their their skills, developing the, the the various combinations. So I do think we've learned some things. Uh, we've learned some things in that regard. Uh, so let's get on to let's get on to that. So I'm going to throw another one at you, Dan, and I'd be keen to get your take on this. George North is an international quality centre based on yesterday's performance. Fact or fiction? Fiction for
0: me. Based on yesterday's, um, <clears throat> I thought he did a he did a he did a few things rather averagely. Um, made a couple of a couple of big errors as well, though. Um, it was it was a it was a mixed mixed bag for me. I might, we definitely haven't seen enough to say that he's uh, he's an international centre in my in my opinion.
1: And then I think that's one of the frustrations as well. Is that you know with Steph going off injured, you don't have the the Positional change, and it just it just leaves you wondering. But I, I think he's kind of fascinated with this this concept, though, isn't he, Gatland about about North being a, a you know North being able to play centre.
0: Yeah, he almost wants. You feel like he's going to give it give him enough time to to either um, to well, to come good, basically, I suppose in that you know in that position. But I I don't know. I've I've voiced my concerns before about. It. I, you know they're still they're still very much there now. Um,
1: what do you what do you think is missing? Is it more defensive defensive frailties? What are you what are your comments? Because we saw you know big munching tackles in there. What would be your your major concern about George North in the centre? Yeah,
0: I mean well, on on that tackle. So a head on a head on tackle is is the easiest of you know that was that was a, a, a bog standard wasn't it um, tackle for somebody to make. You know he's a big man. He should be knocking knocking people over. And I can, you know, we've criticised him in the past for not levelling people. You know, the guy is huge, um, but his, his defence is pretty poor on the on the wing. Um, and, you know, I would say that in the centre there, it's a harder, uh, it's a more, you know, you can be, you can just be turned inside out, can't you, for coming up against, you know, some absolutely quality outfits. And just, I could just see that happening. Uh, time and time again, so I think in defense he's got we've got question marks and also an attack from for him as well, so on both sides, really, are you a fan of him in the center
1: um i it's just it's so difficult to say because we've only ever seen him there in a crisis you know it's when when Wales have been down to bare bones like in the Rugby World Cup or in a game you know, midway through a game where he's got injured and he's he's put him in there. You know, I don't think he's ever played any regular rugby at centre. He's always been on the wing. So yeah. I mean, you'd uh, never have
0: you, you know, you never pick him for instance, would you, in the centre over Hadley or Scott. I mean just not in the million you know, you just wouldn't.
1: No, I d I don't think so, but I think Gatlin would. I think, yeah, he's, I think he's I think he's keen to, he's keen to see it. I think he thinks that there's there is everything in there, I think particularly attacking wise, um, to make a to make an international quality centre. And yeah, I'm with you. I think that the defensive I think particularly outside centre, defensive positioning is so absolutely crucial. And I think it's a real you know, it's a real art. And you look at those players in the northern hemisphere who do it really well Jonathan Davis does it fantastically well for Wales. I even think, you know, you look at players like Jonathan Joseph who've done it really well for England, and they're, they're yeah. almost like specialists in, in, uh, in that. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. And I think that's that's too difficult a thing to, to learn at this stage of your career. I don't think George has passed it, but, you know, a positional change at this stage in his career, having played, what, eight years of international rugby on the wing, I think that's a really difficult thing. So... I, I don't know. I would. I don't know kind of quite what the fascination is. I would rather George just kind of sticks to his best position out on the wing. Yeah. Um,
0: and there are some wingers, aren't there, that, are, that the defensive game is really, really, uh, you know, top notch. But his isn't. You know, there's, there's been big question marks over his defence on the wing um, for years and years. Yeah, I mean, his, um, his
1: game is based on attack, isn't it? And my, my thing with him in attack, as I'm sure we've said before, is I'd just like to see him take players on rather than trying to go through them a bit more because, you know, he's got such great pace and he's got such amazing acceleration when he does get full tilt that I'd kind of rather see him look to take players on and get the fend rather than just trying to smash through them all the time.
0: Yeah. I think, we just, I think the main point with, with North is that we haven't, we haven't found a way to, to ultimately use him to the best um, this is gonna work perfectly for Wales then.
1: Yeah. No, um, I think you're right.
0: Um you know, we we have seen that, haven't we when he when he does get the early touches and he gets his hand on the ball quite regularly, he does seem to his confidence grows and he seems to he seems to play a, you know, play a lot better and, and lift the side and lift everyone around him. But um if he doesn't get those early touches it's as if his head, his head drops or his concentration goes or something, and he'll, he'll, he'll make a little error and then it, it compounds from there, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. I, I fully expect him to start on the wing next week, and uh, we'll, we'll look ahead to, to that game very, very shortly. Uh, let's move on to the next one, though, Dan, and another player who we've spoken about lots on this podcast over the last couple of weeks. So let me put this one to you. Ellis Jenkins has to become a regular starter for Wales, fact or fiction?
0: I'll go Fiction, um, I'm a huge fan, <laughs> you didn't expect that one did you, I'm a huge fan but a, a, a regular, um, it's going to depend, it's going to depend on the fitness of, of others isn't it? You, you I, don't, I don't
1: think it does, I think he's good enough, he's in there for oh, me. Yeah? Yeah, he's... What position then? Open side flanker, Sam Wolverton blind side when he's fit. Um oh, Shingler. what I reckon. Yeah, Schindler, I mean Shingler's out for... I know Until, but... until Christmas... Yeah. Um, I mean, look, we're basing this on a scenario where everyone's everyone's fully fit. Everyone's fit, Which is yeah. never going to be the case. I just think that I just think that Jenkins is so good over the ball, and he's such an athlete that I think he's got. I think he's got absolutely everything. And yeah, he, yeah, he ha- he has,
0: isn't he? And it's just an amazing position to be in for us, isn't it? He was. Yeah, he did some. He did some really, really great things on. Uh, uh, on the weekend, I did think there was a couple of errors in there as well, which yep. not, not many people have, have, have mentioned, but I did. Um, great player, awesome player. I love the way he leads the sides as well. I'm a huge fan. But we just got so many, so many good boys there, haven't we? And I suppose yeah, if you're going to play him, sick. If, if, you know, I'm, I'm taking it that, that Shingler's, you know, Shingler's there. He hasn't had an injury. Um, then I would, it would be Warburton, uh, Warburton and Shingler. Um, but he'd be he'd be your first man on the bench.
1: Okay. Well yeah, I mean yeah, that's that's yeah. I did, do you know what, even then it's like there's so <laughs> much competition to get on the bench, isn't there? But you look you were, so, you were so adamant there. No because, I am, you know, I am before. <laughs> I, I I I just look, I, this is this is my thing now, this is the drum that I'm gonna bang relentlessly, is just I just think he's I just think he's so good. It's just I really wanna see him now against top quality opposition. Um, getting that chance, I want to see him do it in a in a really high quality environment. Yeah, and you and know I think he can. He will. You know, yeah,
0: we all feel as if he can. Kind he? it doesn't matter who he's playing against. I think he'll he'll, he'll cut it. Um, and he he just looks so relaxed as well, doesn't he? You know, he puts his put. He does those turnovers, and then he just puts his hat. He puts his head, his hands behind his head, doesn't he? Yeah. As if to take a couple of couple of deep breaths, and then he's he's, he's back again.
1: Um, yeah I, I, I love the way're le- yeah, right I love the way slides as well. Um, I just, he, he looks to me like a winner, even in a game like that. I think he 's the kind of character who who really looks at the, the set of players around him and asks them to to dig deep and to pull out a win and say you know to grab a, great, a game by the scruff of the neck and I think that 's what he does really, really well alongside his incredible athletic ability. And, you know, his ability over the ball. So, yeah, I I, I am an absolute massive fan. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You know, Shingla's a, Shingla's a fantastic player as well. And we're, we're just spoilt in that department, aren't we?
0: We are. It's just, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the line out, isn't it? It's the height that, that, that he brings and that sort of defence. He's a big, big presence, isn't he, Shingla, on the defence, leading that defensive line. He is. And but holding people up.
1: And, but I think, I think Warburton does that job does that job as well. He's a line out option also. He's also I know he doesn't necessarily lead the line out in the same way that Shingler does, but you know, Warburton can lead a defence and I just think that the where the breakdown is so crucial, having two dual sevens who can um you know, you've you've got two of them poaching, jackaling um at, at any given time. I really do think that you know, I'd be I'd be looking to, to have them both in there. And two
0: Two exceptionally smart players as well. Yeah.
1: Um, and this, yeah. Is all, this is all without Tipperick as well. Well,
0: Gatland, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, we know how much, uh, how highly Gatland rates him, so he's going to be. If, if, if you know, probably if there's a fifty-fifty call, you know, Ellis is going to be, you know, he's going to be given the nod, isn't he? So, um, yeah, we expect to see him a lot more.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we've got two more to go through, and uh, we'll and then we'll we'll be finished with Fact or Fiction and then we'll go on. We've actually got some listeners' questions this week as well, so we'll be answering those. And we've also got any other business, which is the roundup of all the other other news from around uh, Welsh rugby. So that is all still to come very, very shortly. Right, Dan, two to go, and uh, let's look ahead to next week. And the statement is this. Based on the South Africa game, Wales will struggle to compete with Argentina in the, in the first test. Fact or fiction?
0: Fact. We, if we're going off, if we're going off uh, this weekend's performance, then, yeah, we're going to, aren't we? We struggled up front. We got bullied. Um, they looked a lot more powerful, didn't they? We couldn't stop their driving line out. And we know what they're going to do. Um, they're going to be keeping it tight, aren't they? Um, so it could be.
1: No, I disagree be, with that. I think we'll see a bit more. You? I think we'll see a bit more variation than that. I think if you look at the way kind of Jaguars well, have, so. have moved their have moved their game around, and uh, I think they've got a more balanced. Like you know, when they first came into Super Rugby, they were chucking the ball around left, right, and centre. They've got yeah, a bit more, a bit more structure to it now. I don't think this is going to be an. I'm not saying they Argentina. can't do it. I think they will. I, mean, I don't think this will be an Argentina side that is just sticking out the jumper at all. You know? That's I've what
0: I would do. I mean, if I was in, there, I know they can play it. They can play it wide. They've, they are a different side to what they were. Yeah, five, you know, five, six, seven years ago. But you'd be having a, you'd be, if you were the coach, you'd be saying, look, let's keep it tight the stuff and, and I don't think
1: I would. I think if you get if you get good front football and you've got a great set of backs, why wouldn't you look to why wouldn't you look to play?
0: Well, when it, yeah, when it's you know, I mean you'd absolutely grind them down when you and then you you know you're just gonna it's a it's a flop over. But um, I wouldn't be looking to play too much if it was them, which has been has been them of late, hasn't it? They've been playing from all over. It, it's been difficult to stop them. Um, well,
1: yeah, I mean, either way, I think I think we've got a real tough task on our head You know, m- not many sides go to Argentina and win. Uh, it's a very very tough place to go, yeah. and we're without we're without our lions. And based on yeah, like you say, based on yesterday's game, uh, you know, not a huge amount of form in the tank. But you'd expect I mean, were, to see
0: yeah, they they were they were yeah, South African, they were big boys, weren't they? Um, you know, it's Hopefully, you know, we've blown out a load of the cobwebs and and um, you know, we can be a lot more a lot more competitive up front. Well, I think we will. Week. I
1: mean, yeah, I think you're going to see two new props. Uh, I think that Rob Evans comes back into that starting line-up. Uh, I also think that either Samson Lee, if he's fit, comes in and if not, Thomas Francis, who's heading out on the plane as we speak, will come into the line-up. Uh, I, you know, I think yeah, we just we just saw that Lewis isn't isn't ready for international rugby. I think Nicky Smith struggled in the scrum as well. I think Elliot will keep his place. Um, I think you know Elias did well off the bench, but I still think I still think that Elliot is just ahead of him in terms of his overall game. And I think with two you know with two new props either side of him, I think he'll uh, I think he'll keep his place. Uh, that's what I would do anyway. Um, and then I think you leave you know you leave, you have Corey Hill and Bradley Davis in the... In the second row.
0: How do you think Corley went?
1: Yeah, that was great. Actually, I thought he was yeah. one of those players who really just enhanced his his claims. Is you know he's so consistent, and uh, he just does. I know it's it's a bit of a cliche, but he just does the unfussy work all the time.
0: Yeah, he, he does, doesn't he? But he also had he also had that beautiful little step, didn't he? And then offload almost as he was falling. Yeah. I loved that. That was that was a bit of magic from him there.
1: Yeah I, know, yeah, I think he's got, I think he's got, you know, he's it's got a few always, tricks as well, not he? Yeah, it's not always, it's not always renowned for, I just think that you can't really go wrong with somebody who puts in that number of tackles, you know, slows yeah. ball down, is good line-out good option, good defence, very good at defence. Um,
0: tackles, didn't you? And he? And he sort of, you can see he reads the game really well because he gets himself in positions for tackles, that you're kind of thinking, how is he there for that? And he's obviously anticipated it, um, Whereas you know a number of other second rows have sort of overrun or you know run, run a different line, so he's he's a he's a thinking second row, isn't he? Um,
1: yeah, he is, and uh, I think he's you know he's uh, a bit of an athlete as well. Like you say, he gets into those uh, he gets into those positions, and he's able to you know he's able to cover a lot of ground. He's able to to get through a huge amount of work rate, which I think is is in no small part down to his down to his conditioning and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed.
1: So, what are we uh, what are we predicting then?
0: Next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking?
1: I think Argentina by eight. I would say I would say fairly comfortable for me. I ho- again, I hope I'm wrong. I just think it's going to be a, a, a. I think we're going as clear underdogs this time around.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking Argentina by a little bit more. Actually, I'm thinking Argentina by fifteen. But I hope not. I
1: hope yeah, I not. hope not. And you know it'd be it'd be really disappointing if that is the case. Um and I th- I think there's, like, there's gonna be a tough week of training ahead. So you hope that uh you hope that they're able to to bolster to bolster their offering when they go into that test match. But um yeah, look, I, I I don't think At least we're going
0: a... into it with a win, Because eh? it could've it could have been well, their... could been a loss, couldn't it? Um quite easily.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. It's I do think that actually that that does count for something when you've oh, got yeah, uh, yeah when you've with got a young young team and young team and coming out of there with a win and looking at you know you be able to look at each other and go okay it's not a, you know it's not a pretty win it's not the way we wanted to win but nonetheless have chalked up have chalked up the the W so you know I, th- I think you're right it does it definitely yeah, winning does, playing
0: badly you know you can only get better.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Right, final one on fact or fiction, and then we'll get on to some listeners' questions. So, New Zealand always get the calls from referees, regardless of the age grade. So this is in relation to some incredibly uh, bizarre calls, if you ask me, having watched the uh, the Wales uh, the Wales New Zealand under twenties game uh, this afternoon. I, you know, there's one in particular where there's out and out shoulder barge. It's late. It's to the head, and it just astonishes me how they haven't got to the to the conclusion that it's a red card. And you know, there they could have been one earlier on in the game. Uh, well,
0: I didn't manage to see this, but I'll answer it because I, I can answer it without even seeing it. Yeah. but Yeah, it's an absolute fact for me. But I'll uh, uh, yeah, I'll let you I'll let you talk through some of the bits then that you've seen in that game.
1: Yeah, so I mean others. In, in the first half there was a uh, there was a ball was cleared long and uh, and Kai Evans gathered it kind of with a jump and the players the New Zealand players got into him underneath him taking him out and the, you know there's no way he's going to be able to get to the ball he's mistimed it it's late and there was no there was no I don't even think there was a penalty given on that one and you look at it and you just go God. It's one of those things where if you're growing up playing rugby now, you know that you have to leave someone in the air. So something as reckless as that, you know, is easily a penalty and a yellow card as well. Uh, there was a yellow card given for a for a shoulder, um, which... I think it's probably just about the right decision it you know it did make contact with the head area so it could have been a red i'm glad it wasn't because i think that that would have been a, a tad harsh but probably by the letter of the law it was and then you had this one in there deep in the second half and it is a proper clatter where he's, he's gone in it's late he's nowhere near the ball there's no attempt to use his arms and it's a shoulder and it's to the head and to not get to a red card decision there is just it's just absurd but you know, I just think it's it's really disappointing because look, New Zealand with a better side comfortably, they'd have won the game regardless. But I just think it's uh, it's really really sad to to see that when the referees are, you know, kind of bottling those big decisions. And, what you know, moment
0: in the game was this?
1: This is late on, I would say, 65, 70 minutes. Could even have been later than that. So it doesn't necessarily, you know, yeah, they, it, were, it defi- yeah, they were comfortably away by but, then. But
0: still, we always. We always say this, don't we? That they, you know, wouldn't have changed the outcome. We, you just don't know. They do, you? you know. No, stranger. It... Stranger things have happened, and they do because they they do get away with. They get away with things time and time again, don't they? Whether it is in the seventy fifth minute, seventieth, or, or the or the you know first or second, and it, it does have to stop.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think particularly when it comes to. You know, there's, there's one thing when it's you're getting the decision at the at the breakdown by, you know, being slightly off your feet or whatever it might be. But when it's something as reckless and as dangerous as that, sorry, it doesn't matter actually about the result of the game. That's got to be clamped down on. And you know, you've you've seen the, the, the law changes this week and uh sorry, you know, ahead of this tournament and it just it just makes no it makes no sense whatsoever that you've that you've come to that conclusion and it doesn't matter what stage of the game is dangerous players is dangerous play and that is they're exactly the kind of things that have to be clamped down on so it's really disappointing as you know I, lo- I love watching New Zealand play whatever whatever grade of, of rugby it is and again likewise if Wales aren't going to win I would rather New Zealand win every game of rugby um, but it's it's just frustrating that that's always the case, and there was other things as well. It's just like flying in at the flying in at the breakdown, which I think is equally as dangerous. They just seem to get away with it. It was the same. It was you know I actually think it was the same in some of the some of the Lions test matches last year where you've got people flying in at all angles, not never on their feet, and they're not getting penalised for it. And it's yeah, so dangerous. It, it's so dangerous, and it ruins the game as a spectacle because if you if you get that much front football that easily. Then it you know obviously they 're just going to put sides away, so yeah it's frustrating, but yeah, I think you know, I think you always see it in all sports don't you of Ireland there, is it? yeah no, I think so uh, um, No, I think yeah, I think that 's definitely an area where a certain referee you know certain referees' interpretations could put the put the brakes on Ireland and on Leinster a bit, fantastic sides as they are it 's all dependent on on quick front football it 's a very power orientated game so you know i uh, i don't know there there there's certainly things I would like the the i l b to have a look at but um yeah it's it's frustrating and you see it in all sports don't you you, you see it with man United in the nineties always getting those getting those decisions and uh you know the the lack of penalties yeah. at, at old Trafford over the years and i think it's uh, it is one of those one of those things but You've got, to, you've got to kind of make your own luck, haven't you, to, to use another cliche. If you need to beat the referee, you need to beat the referee, and um, that's a hard thing to do. But, you know, I think sometimes you've, you, have got to, you have got to get to that. But when it, when it comes down to player welfare, I think some of these decisions need a damn, a damn good looking at.
0: Yeah, I'll have to have a little look at those then. I'm sure yeah, there'll be plenty of coverage on them.
1: Plenty of coverage on social media. You won't have to go far to find those. Right, listeners' questions. So we've taken some questions from you guys this week. Uh, if you want us to cover something uh, in future shows, send us a tweet and we'll uh, we'll try our best to get it on the show. And you can do that at Scrum, uh, And you can also do it through our Facebook page as well. So this one's from our good pal Liam Thomas, who I've seen we met in Dublin a few weeks ago. And it uh, continues with the theme of the under-20s, actually. It says, which three under-20s players do you think will have breakthrough seasons? Uh, so had a little look at this one. and um, I'm going to answer this one, Dan, if you haven't, seen the, uh, if you haven't yeah. seen the games. But there's a few players who I'm going to go for. Uh, one is Tane Basham. And, you know, I think he's he's obviously got a bit of experience with the Dragons. He played a, a couple of games, uh, just basically down to injuries because of this year. But he's played really, really well in both fixtures. Uh, you know, he's...
0: Big game against Australia, isn't he? Massive
1: game against it's Australia. Tackles, turnovers... Was you know was doing the lot, and I think today he got on the got on the score sheet as well with a, a really sharp finish. That out in the corner, you know, he he did really well. Got his feet up in the air and got the ball down to ground, and it was almost kind of uh, it, it was the way that Toby would have finished uh, would have finished a try out in the wide channels. So he's a player who's really impressed me. And he's I think, also
0: got a, he's got a couple more years, isn't he, to to go in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's 18.
1: He's, I think he's 18 or 19. Yeah, he's got. He's got plenty ahead of him, so uh, yeah. But he's a player I think uh, we're going to see a bit more of. It's actually one area where Dragons don't have don't have the strength and depth problems necessarily that they do elsewhere on the field. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of talent in the back row, but I still think he's uh, yeah. I still think he's going to uh, he's going to feature this season, and he's a, he's a really class act. So I'm going to go for him as one of them. Uh, another player who I think. Uh, could have a big season is Ryan Combeer and he's again he's played a little bit for the uh, for the Scarlets. he scored a spectacular try against Ulster uh, I think it was during the during the Six Nations he's got out and out wheels you know really kind of exciting winger and again I think with with Steph going to be sidelined for a bit now I think what the Scarlets have done so well over the years is is move these youngsters into the first team at the right time and when they're you know when they're ready to be there and i just wonder where the might be the next actually
0: yeah yeah that that try he scored <clears throat> i've watched that a number of times it's um it's quite something isn't it and yeah he looks he looks a quality player
1: he does so, so yeah he would he would be another one for me and then the, the third one was was difficult um uh, Max Williams is a player I like a lot and you know I'm hoping to to see a bit of him in a in a dragon shirt again this season. Uh I think Baldwin in the centre is a very good player. You're know, Nicholas we've seen playing for the Scarlets. But the one I've I'm going again, for nice yeah, the one I'm going for is uh, is Rhys Carey and he had a difficult afternoon uh today. The big Matt. Yes, he's huge. Uh he had a difficult time in the scrum, so you know, I think that is definitely an area that it's going to need working on. But again, if you're going to get a do-it-over by any under-20 side, uh, he had, a, he had a, really difficult, uh, a really difficult opposite number. So I, that's definitely an area of his game that he's working on. But you know, his sheer ability, he's just so big. I think his physicality is, is ready for, for regional rugby, or, or certainly will be in the, over the course of the next season. And that, that is often the hardest thing is making that step up because the physicality is so big. You know, we saw players like Harry Keddie and, and Leon Brown, who had made a, you know massive impact at, uh, at under-20 level when Wales won the Grand Slam. Potentially, you know, it took him a season or two to make that step up. Um, but that's, that's one area that I think, think Rhys Carey's got the... Uh, you know, he's, he's got so much promise, is you know, he's with, with ball in hand and just being a destructive, powerful player. So... Yeah, they're the three that I'm going to go for.
0: So it was a tough, tough, tough day at the office rooms it today on the scrummaging program? Yeah,
1: it was difficult. He had, yeah. a, he had a tough, he had a tough time. I think a couple of the calls were, were maybe a little bit dubious, using, the, you know, I know I'm not the scrummaging expert, Dan, you're very much the, uh, very much the, the scrummaging expert when it comes to this I'll podcast. I'll look
0: back over it, Chad, and I'll send you the synopsis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, right, so there's also been some calls for some early Rugby World Cup squad chat, so both Matt Armstrong and Simon Wilding have uh, have asked us oh, to absolutely. have a look at a look at that as well. And actually, one of these things. I we've... bet you
0: didn't turn that down.
1: No. Well, I'm saying that we're we're considering making it a regular feature for uh, for yeah. next season. With it being uh, yeah, with it being kind of I guess the, the last season before the World Cup. Uh, so I think that will be a, a fun thing for us to do. But in the meantime, the first thing that was asked, we've already kind of kind of covered really. That was who would be the back row for for the opening game of the Rugby World Cup so are you standing by what you said earlier if everyone's fit is Shingler, Warburton and Falato
0: if everyone's fit yeah I'm playing I'm playing to the, the the best of their ability then yeah I'm sticking with yeah Warbs, Shingler and, uh, and Falate.
1: interesting I think I think Ellis could be the could be the one I think he could uh, I think he's going to go on and have a, a stunky great season this year but that's the that's the beauty, isn't it? That's the beauty is is no one really knows. It's, uh... It
0: is, yeah, and it, yeah, and well, let's hope we're not we're not chopping and changing too much because that'll obviously mean there's been a load of in, uh, yeah, a load more injuries, but um, yeah, it is exciting now, isn't it? Actually, it's already gone up a few levels. Now we're talking about this.
1: It is. Anyone you think in any position uh, could be a bit of a bolter?
0: Well, not so much a bolter, but I, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you what you thought of uh, Thomas Williams.
1: Uh, I mean, he's got real praise generally. I think most people have kind of praised him uh, across the board. And I thought he played very well, but uh, a few elements of naivety. I think most, particularly at the at the back of that at the back of that scrum, uh, was it a scrum or a ruck? I can't remember. But he, he kind of had his back completely turned, and uh, you think look, that's where you need the control. That's where you've got to. I
0: mean, Ellis. Ellis had to come in, didn't he? Yeah. And then she, see Eddie a D blocked him, didn't he? Yes. He's, he's sort of, I think he was trying to sort of come in and add a bit of, add a bit of force, bit of yeah. grunt, and he actually ended up sort of straight arming Ellis right in the chops. Um, yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, there, there was, there was huge amounts of praise for, for Thomas Williams. I, I thought, um, quite a few aspects of his game were, were poor. Oh good. Um, well, I thought his kicking—I thought his was kicking was um, was was quite loose. The kicking game,
1: the kicking game, all in all, I found really frustrating. Um, you know, I just think in a game like that, when you when you kick that often, uh, and it, you know, it, I, I just think it, it, it's so ugly. And yeah, it is. It was obviously sure a tactic. It, yeah, it? It, it was. They pre- described
0: you know they were doing the same, so it was just right. We'll kick it. You know, we'll kick it to you. Kick it back to us. And I just felt that we wanted to see, you know, some of these. We wanted to see the back line have a have a have a, have a run at the have a run at them and, and try and string together a few you know a few phases and and um, a few plays. And it just it just didn't happen, did it? And then it led to us sort of forcing a few things. I mean, with. You know, with Anscombe, we saw some some great some great bits that we know he can do and equally some some awful bits that the critics have have often said about him, haven't they? With you know him missing you know, missing touch and, and sort of forcing things and um, we saw the good and the bad, didn't we, again?
1: Okay, what okay, we've 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 moved away from Rugby World Cup, but let's 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 run with this anyway. What is gonna be your what would be your ten fifteen combination? For the Argentina go. Um,
0: I'd go I'd go with uh with Patchel. At ten? At ten, yeah. And uh, I'd have Anscombe at fifteen.
1: Yeah, I'd d i would would do the same. I'm not sure whether that is gonna be the case, but I would uh, I'd do exactly the same on that one.
0: What do you think you'll do?
1: I think you might stick with Halo Amos at fullback. And I wonder whether he's tempted to give Anscombe another game at ten as well. Actually, do you think? Quite possibly. That would yeah. be that would be what my gut says. I think I think Hall will will stay at fifteen. I think he's keen to have a look at him uh, over an extended period of time there. So I think Hall will will get the nod at fifteen, and then I think he'll just about to stick with Anscombe.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what he does with this with this side now because there's going to be a lot of prep. We could be, we really need a win in this first one, don't we?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, we do. And it's uh, like we said, like we said earlier, it's not going to be any. Uh, it's not going to be an easy task at all. Uh, and then the final uh, listener's question as well, so it's from Owen Hughes. Does Channel Four deserve the criticism for their coverage? Let's let you answer that one, Dan. <laughs>
0: um, well. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the points that people have been unhappy with, isn't it? the sound and yeah. um, all this was. was a global issue, wasn't it? It wasn't it. Wasn't in, it wasn't Channel Four's fault. Um, apparently, you you probably know more about that whether that's the case or not. Yeah. Um, but I think there's certainly <clears throat> other parts to uh, that Channel Four are responsible for which. Um, it meant that they didn't do uh, they didn't do a brilliant job, did they? Go um, cool, then. It was, it was quite Mickey Mouse.
1: What made it Mickey Mouse?
0: Um, I thought to be honest, I thought that the, the commentary didn't quite work. Yep. Um, that you know between Martin and Eddie, I just thought there it almost felt like there was a little bit of friction between between the two of them in a way. You know, Eddie was coming out with a few sort of Random and left field comments, um, and Martin just—you could almost—you could almost hear him saying, "You know what, what? You know what's the point in coming out with that?" That's how it felt to me. Yeah. Um, did you? Did you? Did that come across to you? Do
1: you know what? I actually can't comment on this because I was—I <laughs> was at a festival in East London, and I was—and oh. <laughs> so I was on my way back over to on my way back over to. Uh, to head home in fact my, my plan was to record the game and watch it watch it this morning but as i walked past there was a pub with it on i was like right we're going in here and watching it so i watched it but there was no sound on it so unfortunately the commentary is something i uh, i can't uh, i can't comment on but uh yeah by, by all accounts it doesn't sound like there was a, a particular particularly good kind of chemistry and the sound quality i don't think was particularly good either so yeah i mean look there are things that, that definitely need to be ironed out um what about the yeah, punditry had, had, and things a like few that
0: bits, like you had another other point was alan win jones sort of came up and and popped in to sort of have a chat with have a chat with the boys with uh you know with eddie and uh, martin yeah and then um a jonathan as well jonathan davis sort of came in as well but he, he didn't he seemed to stay there for a long, long time. It was just a little. It was just a little bit peculiar. It was a bit different.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think that's always the temptation when a when a broadcaster gets a sport for the first time. They're always trying to to innovate, and that's that's admirable. But you've ultimately got to ask yourself the question: Is there a need to to innovate? You know what I mean? I remember when BT first got the the football coverage. They had was uh, was either Graham Pole or one of the referees? sat in the commentary box it's like no no one wants to hear that it's like just actually think first you know is there a need is there a need for these changes and you know i think this kind of yeah by all accounts it sounded a bit weird having these guests kind of drop in as if it was noel's house party or something um it just kind of seems it seems a little bit odd when you actually go well look just get a commentary team that works can call the game the game comes first that's the most important thing and yes obviously it's going to be a struggle in a, a game as difficult as you know as as difficult on the eye as that one is, but nonetheless, um, no. I think the most important thing yeah, is it's on felt, the most I, important I, thing I mean, is it's on free-to-air television. That is definitely is, the bit that's yeah. uh, that's worth concentrating on.
0: Yeah, and it's their first attempt, isn't it? And, and you know, well, I'm sure it will get better, but it, 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 it's compounded by the fact that the game was so bad. Yeah, that just any of these little these little sort of blips and, and peculiarities were heightened because the game was you you were you were. I think we were all clinging to something. We wanted want to see something of quality yeah, yeah. Or, or hear something of, and it just, everything just seemed to go from bad to worse. So it was, it was not a good, uh, It was there was nothing there at all.
1: Right. Okay. And then just any other business? It's actually been a, a little bit of a quiet week on that one, which uh, is, uh, yeah, it's not often we say this, because I think so much has, has revolved around the, uh, well, South Africa fixture. Obviously, we've previewed Wales versus Argentina. Um, we've touched on the under twenties as well. Uh, so it was a difficult afternoon for them today. But we should say a massive, a massive well done for the the victory they put in earlier in the week, where they beat the beat the Australian side, and they've they've never done that at, uh, at under twenties level.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed that particular uh, particular game. They were under the under the as well, weren't they, up, up, up front? So you know, looking at that game, it was. Uh, it was always going to be a difficult afternoon I suppose today, even though I haven't seen it. Um I did read a little bit about it and it yeah, it's it's gone the way it's gone the way probably most, most predicted really. Um but yeah, brilliant first win. And that group is is very, very challenging, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is yeah, it looks yeah, it's absurd, it's absurdly tough that one. And uh yeah, you you got a feel for the boys a bit there. But look, I think that both of these games will be really good learning experiences. Uh gosh, cliche ridden tonight's show, but I think they will all be good learning experiences and uh and you know, I think there's some really bright talents within there who uh, you know, I think will uh will hopefully benefit from this under twenty three uh setup as well. You know, this is uh obviously it's not necessarily been the most popular Decision, but at the same time, I do think that there is there is going to be some merit in in that level of rugby, uh, at regional level. So you know, I think hopefully these boys can make that step up into that, and then into the for some of them into the into the first teams too. And then the final point, Dan, leading on from something that we kind of led the show with last week, which was uh, Sean Edwards. Uh, so it looks very much as though he's going to be coaching the Ospreys and the Dragons on a part-time basis.
0: Yeah, yeah. What do uh, you make of that? well there's a few there's a few um schools of thought isn't there i mean um a couple of camps have um have said that this is this the this, you know is this a further step um, in the WIU's plans to to get you know additional control you know look about sort of central you know the central contracts model central control um, you know who knows um, uh, and then if we just look at it in terms of you know, Sean Edwards going in—is he going to make an impact at the Ospreys and the defence? Yeah. Um, so then, so then, you know, it's a great thing. Um, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Ultimately, what what what's behind it all? But what are your uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, I you think probably went from whooping round the room to, oh my God, he's going to be doing this at the Ospreys. Yeah, <laughs>
1: obviously, you know, uh, uh, I think if I put if I put my my Dragons hat on, which is rarely off, uh, I would say that you know I. From a selfish point of view, I'd like to see him do do more with the dragons. Uh, but you know, when we, if you put the uh, the attacking scrum cap on, and uh, and you say that uh, we should get some of those made, by the way, we should get attacking scrum caps. I've just realised that that, uh, that that works as a as an expression. Um, but yeah, I think you know, if you look at it from a from a more neutral point of view, I think he's going to make a positive impact on both of those. And you know, why not make the use of. Uh, in the short term, anyway, make the use of having a, a top quality coach at the national setup.
0: Yeah, it does make it does make perfect sense, is not it? When we want, is he going to improve things at whatever side he's at? Yes. If he's got the time to be able to do it, then great. Um, I wonder whether you know would he be spread a little bit too thinly, possibly. Um,
1: I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, again, it's a a part-time job, isn't it? So presumably he's there for the, you know, the defence-orientated sessions at certain points during the week. And, you know, I think the other thing that's that's really positive about it is by all accounts at the Blues, you know, obviously not only made a massive impact on the pitch, but it also made an impact uh, to the other coaches as well. I think, you know, Richard Hodges, I think, has learnt a huge amount uh, according to according to guys inside the Blues camp, so again, if that helps uh, if that helps the coaches at uh, both of these both these setups, then that's something that that can only be a good thing because you know we we we're, we're often bemoaning the fact that there's there's not a lot of Welsh coaches uh, certainly at the head coach level. So if you're able to learn from the experience of someone like Sean Edwards, then I think that's only going to enhance your career.
0: What do you think about um, you know, some some camp saying that it's 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 a further step towards the WIU taking taking more and more control?
1: Well, I'm not sure I'm not sure whether it is, to be honest. Uh, I think it's you know, I, I think it's just making the most of, of someone while he's there. And same I think, you know, look I don't think it's necessarily uh he I don't think he's in there as a Trojan horse to uh, you know, to try and make everyone play the same the same defensive uh, the same defensive setup. But uh yeah, look, I, I'm not sure this is a massive, uh, massive flag towards uh, centralisation. I think that centralisation, you know, look, that could be something uh, that we see a bit more of in uh, in the years to come. But we definitely haven't got time for that on this podcast now. <laughs> You're like, oh,
0: no. Why did he mention that?
1: <laughs> I think I've just about managed to duck that one, Dan. I feel like on your nose? Either? Yeah, I know. I feel like that was... uh well, hay
0: fever is... Uh,
1: yeah, which is probably audible right now, I'm sure people are noticing... How, uh, yeah. how, how different my voice sounds this evening, but yeah, you uh, you come charging me with that one like bloody Mar and uh, I think I just about managed to duck that one. I've got and, a smile uh, on my face as I'm I bet bet I right now. And <laughs> Anyway, with that bombshell, that brings us to, uh, to the end of this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Let us know what you think. We're really keen to hear, uh, to hear more of, uh, of your thoughts. And do that on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. Do it on Facebook. Uh, and we've seen loads of people liking the Facebook page and the group uh, lately. If you want to join the group as well, that's Wales Rugby Fans. And like we said earlier, leave us a review. And spread the word. Do it the old-fashioned way. Tell your mates. Do it in a more uh, new age way, if you like. Send them a WhatsApp. Tell them to to get involved and have a listen to the Attack and Scrum podcast. Or tell them when you see them on the terraces or in the pub. But we'll be back to chat rugby with you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.